0: Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around, Episode 9. Andy, can you believe it? We've been doing this, I think, now for two months.
0: We're so close.
1: So We're close. We're the big 1L. Close to the 1L. Before we get started, I wanted to get some, like, house-like stuff out of the way, you know? When we first started this podcast, I was like, oh, you know, yeah. I know there's kind of, like, a lot of podcasts now for whatever reason. Um, but I wanted to do something very specific, like, just, you know, kind of like what we did in college, you know? a yeah, little alma mater stuff uh, and i had the goal of having 200 plays by uh, episode 10 and i'm very happy to report that we are this close from 300 so we did way more so than we'll that.
0: probably have 300 on this one right yeah probably yeah, well thank you to everybody who listens to watch that shares it because you know we don't do the podcast without you so thank you for uh supporting the pod
1: yeah, shout out. And we're also on Twitter, and we're also on a bunch of places. If you include our YouTube stuff, I mean, we're already at way more than 300, maybe like one, like 500 or something like that. But That's the count. one that
0: we want to grow the most, right? Is yeah. YouTube?
1: I want to get rich the fastest. So, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, some people have been like basically all across the state. I've been everywhere, man. I'm talking about G.J. Kinney and his crew of merry men who have literally been all over the entire state of Texas. I don't know if they've made a trip to the Valley, but.
0: I don't think they made a trip to West Texas either.
1: They were in. Yeah, I don't think so. The
0: I-35 corridor. They
1: were in a school in Amarillo.
0: They live in on the I-35 corridor.
1: Yeah, they were in our backyard for sure. Wow. In a bunch of heavy hitter spots. And you could see like on Twitter, right? Like they have all those cool graphics and stuff now. um, That's like, hey, we're over here now. We're over here. here." You know, it's like a dude thing. They're doing different stuff. It's really dope to like see that like happen. But it's hard for me to like quantify that in my own head. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. And then I'm seeing like kids get offers like class of 2024, 25, 26, even maybe. And I'm just like, whoa, this is a lot, very fast and not even I mean, it would be one thing if we were in February, but we're not even in February yet. And so I took a very small sample size of just coaches replying to the Texas State coaches, you know, high school coaches saying like, hey, thanks for stopping by and stuff like that. And I don't know, in like the, I guess like the hour and a half that it took to make me this Google map, uh, I came up with 45 uh, schools that the Texas State coaches have been to. And of course, this is not like every single school that they've been to, uh, but this is just like the first 45 probably that I saw in the mentions, like
0: the random sample size,
1: very random sample size. I mean, not not super random because, you know, it's like the first 45. <laughs> so it's kind of like numeric in that way, but still kind of a it gives it some perspective. So, yeah, there are a lot of Central Texas, some uh, Dallas, you know, some like right along the line, Texas and Louisiana, Texas Arcana. That was kind of cool just to kind of see it from my perspective and then to see like what they're doing. You know, I think a lot of this is like just to reestablish the coaching relationships in so many parts of these places. And, you know, because a lot of people don't get love like that, you know, like you're usually sending tape out to people and stuff like that. But.
0: Yeah. I you know you you said about reestablishing that connection. I think Kenny has those connections. I think his coaching staff has that connection. It's reestablishing that Bobcat with yeah. these schools. It's it's you know the all right, we know that University of Texas is going to stop by. If you're in Dallas, SMU, UNT are going to stop by, but it's getting Texas State stuff out there, getting those coaches front facing, getting those kids to make connections too. Cuz you know the funny thing about college recruiting, and I feel like that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast, it's not only the fit on the field; it's the fit off the field. You know, mm-hmm. does the kid vibe with the coach? Does the kid vibe with the the culture that Texas State's trying to like build? And a lot of guys don't. You know, and it's weird, especially when you consider this is the third coach that Texas State has had in the last seven years. You know what I mean? Like when you can put it in that perspective, like it's hard. It's hard to build a culture. It's hard to build like. What is Texas state football? What is Texas state culture? I think Kenny's bringing his own when it comes to like what he, what the, you know, the bylaws of Kennyville are. You know, what's the, what, what, when you talk about a Texas state football player under this administration, what is it, the difference between the last one and then Withers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's definitely a brand thing, you know, and I'm, I'm okay starting with at zero again. Because I feel like whatever was wor- whatever happened in the past didn't really happen. I know Withers basically cleaned up shop, and that's kind of like I, the-
0: I don't want to start at zero. I really would like, I would really, really like Kenny to take the baton from what Spav had done, which was good community outreach, which was good national exposure. When you consider that the COVID nineteen pandemic did the only really good thing that the pandemic did was put Texas State on national TV more. You know, when you think about that 2020-21 season, like, Texas State was on ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN2. Like, we had a lot of nationally televised games, all things considered. So, you know, Texas State, again, trying to shed the brand of Southwest Texas, shed the party school brand, and, like, get their own unique, like, vibe. Um, I'm hoping that we can continue that into this season and into the future. Like, right. if Texas State has two nationally televised games a year, that's a huge win. That's giant can we do that by 2027 2028 you know is, is that doable in the next five years six years i think so maybe
1: yeah i i think if this is the standard going forward that's amazing you know and to kind of have that turnaround and what he's been here a month two months maybe
0: yeah two months man i mean look you you, you, we talked about this last week. You're like, what do we judge success by? Do we judge success by cool Twitter graphics? Do we judge success by cool names? What we're going to get into here, or do we judge success by what happens on the field? Right. And I'm of the opinion that on the field is what matters most. This is really nice. You know, it's really cool. It gives us content to talk about. But at the end of the day, the final scoreboard is what's going to matter most. The win loss record is going to be what really dictates like, is this a success or a failure?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's
0: no moral victory. I, I, a lot of podcasts, you know, we talked about at the beginning, like, starting this podcast, what you want, stuff like that, and, you know, whatever. There's a lot of different ways that you look at it, and Texas State fans, I think, for the longest time, for the past six, seven years, have said moral victories. I've heard of more moral victories. I've heard more of, like, year zero. Remember that? Remember year zero with Spavanal? Well, this doesn't really count. Withers' first season doesn't really count. It's year zero. There's no such thing, right? With Kenny, I don't want to hear it. If we go two and whatever this year, does not matter to me. That's a two and whatever season. That that counts. Check's still clear. All right? Don't Check tell me. Clear. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. like Don't tell me that this is a successful season if we win two games. Don't tell me this is a successful season if we win one game. The bar for success for Texas State, in my opinion, is bowl eligibility. Anything else under that is not that is an unsuccessful season i think that is where texas state fans need to have their head at any you know again it's january we got a lot of time that is what i'm saying now 2023 do not tell me about year zero that's a band word on this podcast
1: band word uh, so do you want to start with just some people that we do have now what do you, what do you think
0: i mean we could i mean i, I want to talk about my guy I yeah. want to talk about what this is going to do. So, I, we we said last week we were going to pick a signee, and this is what we're going to do pick a signee every week and go through it. And I, I had a, a Mirian Atwood, his six foot corner out of Mesquite, Texas, Horn High School. The Jaguars went eight and, two, eight and three last year. Now, you talked about going all around Texas. Um, Texas State is right now recruiting on average, again, the 45, whatever schools that we hit. Right now, the average record for those schools is what did we say, seven and five, seven and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: like plus 600 or something. 600,
0: yes. like a 600 winning percentage. I looked at the combined, like as a combined 299 wins or whatever. Um, That's good because, you know, we talk a lot about winning culture. You go get a high school kid who's won, you know, doesn't need to be a state title, doesn't need to be a district title, but has just won games, has known what it's like to win. You bring them into college and they're not going to like losing. So, it's eight and three Jaguars. 32 tackles, two fumble recoveries, three interceptions. That's huge, Jacob. Because Texas State's defense, PFF, as Texas State football fans know, I'm not a big PFF fan. College football fans should not be a big PFF fan. They do not watch Group of Five football until the end of the season. They ranked Texas State's defense as the number one defense last year in the Sun Belt, which is incorrect. If you watched Texas State play football last year, you know the defense was not good. It was a terrible defense. Um, Texas State's defense allowed a 65% completion percentage, 18 passing touchdowns last year, and it was the middle of the pack when it comes to defensive efficiency. So I do not know what the guys over at PFF were ranking. I don't know what defense that they were watching, but I had a text earlier this week telling me that Texas State had the number one ranked defense according to PFF, which is not right. That was incorrect. That's a terrible grade for the Bobcats, awful grade. That was a bad defense last year. Comparatively to the rest of the Sun Belt, terrible. Or do
1: you think it was like kind of like cowboyish, you know, where the offense just was basically giving the ball away? No. They no, couldn't because sustain Marshall drives was like and stuff that. like
0: that. Marshall was like that. Marshall was a team that the offense was so, so middle of the road in a lot of ways. The defense was stellar. Troy, another one. Troy's D- offense was clearly better um, than other teams. Their defense was great. South Alabama, great defense. Those are legit great defenses. Texas State defense was bad. And if you think that it was better than the 2018 squad with Brian London and and those guys, um, I don't know what you're watching. I don't. I don't. I don't know what you're seeing. That was one of the worst defenses Texas has put put on the field in the last couple of years, in my opinion. Watching them, I, I didn't think it was impressive at all. Yeah.
1: So getting I, a corner, I thought it was cool point. stopping Baylor a couple times, but aside from that, you know
0: getting a getting a six foot corner is so big in this conference shakeup this run we we are a very run first conference in the sun belt but having a corner that can hope i don't I don't expect Atwood to be Deion Sanders in year one I do not expect him to be all conference in year one but I'm hoping at six foot and i think it's like a buck 20 buck 30. I'm hoping that by his sophomore, junior, senior year, you're looking at a guy that can make an actual impact on games, you know, and maybe a defense in two or three years, if everything works the right way, that might be worth a PFF number one ranking in the Sun Belt.
1: I guess, uh, like, Kenny has been known for this, like, high power offense. And so to see him target uh, defensive guys, especially DBs, has been kind of like eye opening to be like, oh, okay, no, like, he's not just going to run up the score. And then just kinda of boom, you know, boom. And back and forth and kinda of ping pong with guys all day. Like we're gonna go for stops. We're gonna try and get takeaways and we're gonna put scores on the board from across, you know, the team.
0: I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you know now, Jacob. I don't know how much other Sunbelt conference football you watch outside of Texas State. If you try to boat race teams in the Sunbelt, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Because the defenses are just too good. Like the defenses in the Sunbelt are legit defenses. This we're talking like they could stop SEC offenses. They could stop Big Ten, not like not beating Georgia or Ohio State. You're probably beating, you know, a Georgia Tech. You know what I mean? Like, this is th- – these defenses are good. Um, so, to think that you're going to be able to put guys on the field to run the score up, I think that was a big faux pas spaz part. I think he thought that the offense would be good enough to beat teams. That's not how this works. you got to have a balanced offense and a defense that can force a couple punts. If you can force – let's call it four punts a game, four and a half punts a game – then uh, you have a legit chance to win the conference. But if your defense can't stop anybody, and teams like South Alabama and Troy and App State a couple years ago can just nickel and dime you a chunk of yards away, you're going to lose a ton of games.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Who's your guy? Who did you have?
1: I got uh, Dan Foster Jr. He's also on the defense. He's a linebacker. He's the transfer out of Marshall. Before that, he was at a Dwyer High School. His hometown's in Florida. So, you know, that's cool that want to come over here. Um, but he redshirted his freshman season. And then uh, during that redshirt freshman season, when he came back the next year, he saw action in eight games as a reserve defensive lineman, recorded three tackles. Um, you know, he was a three-star quarterback uh, out of rivals. He had offers from UAB, Georgia State, Florida AM, and Bethune-Cookman, Alabama A&M, um, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill kind of stuff. Six three, two forty though. And that's I think the big thing is that these guys just all fit that frame, you know, is like it doesn't matter what they did at their last school. These guys are what we need right here. Like we can teach him whatever, but like he's going to be this guy for us. You know, we're not going to stretch a guy who's five nine, five, ten into this position that he really doesn't fit for our, you know, defensive scheme. And what we're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball is just take chances and try to run the score up.
0: I'd be curious to see what type of defense we run because we saw in the national championship against Georgia, granted TCU plays in the big 12. It's not a super comparable conference to the uh, Sun Belt. but they ran a really interesting concept, the four 2 five, right? Where you, you have five DBs on the field. I don't think that that's something that would work in the Sun Belt with, like I mentioned, the amount of teams that just run the ball really well. We saw with Spav, he came in, he wanted to move a passing game, but it turned in the playbook just turned into what Withers had. Which was screen passes, bubble pass. That's another one. If if I see another screen pass, it'll be too soon. You know what I mean? Like if I never see one again, it'll be too soon. I don't want to see short yardage plays in the passing game. If you're gonna pass the ball, take a shot. I'm talking 10, 12 yards down the field. Don't yeah. give me don't give me hook and ladder. Don't give me curl routes. Don't keep down the playbook. Use it, but don't use it every play. You know,
1: yeah, and it's, it's ironic that the Sunbelt is so run heavy because Texas State's been inept at the run. Basically, you know, they, they can't get guys going. At what all, does no that tell everything. you
0: about? What does that tell you about recruiting? You know, that's the topic we're on now. That just tells me that you're not recruiting to the conference. You're recruiting to your system, mm-hmm. you know, and if you think that your system is good enough to beat great teams, Troy, App State, you know, then have at it. But the last two coaches haven't. Texas A. historically has not been able to win games like that, so I think Kenny's smart. I think that he looks the big thing about coaching is you got to learn from other people's failures. If you are making all the mistakes, then you're not learning from other people's mistakes. And I think the mistake is is to think that you're going to have a good enough team offensively to beat these good these great defenses. Like that's just not the best team. The best defense in the Sun Belt won the title this year. Troy. That that should give you a blueprint to how to win games. So I'm glad they're recruiting defenses.
1: Yeah, it it kind of goes into that like you know you recruit a recruiting class right, and then things start going wrong mid season, right? You you start off zero and four, God forbid, and that basically your season's done, and so you start flipping the script or trying to at least to save either your job or your coach's jobs. And, you know, that's, that's when you end up with these mismatches that is like never made sense, but you have the best athlete on the field, but it necessarily, it won't necessarily fit the frame of the athlete or the defensive scheme either, you know? So.
0: I, you know, I really hope, I really hope that we have a season that we don't end up having to change on the fly. And what I mean by that is like, I don't want in week four, have to learn a whole new defense or have to learn a whole new offense or have to add in a ton of stuff. Like I would like it to work. I'd like it to work from the beginning. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but um, you know, again, we're in January, got a lot of time to talk about this.
1: Yeah. We've had a lot of weird, like Christmases where you go into the tree, you get exactly what you wanted and you're like, Oh my God, perfect. And then you start playing with it and it just falls apart in your hands. You're like, what the hell dad? (laughs) And dad looks at you and goes, I won't be here in three years. <laughs> yeah, three no, more, Christmases. More like, Andrew. huh? It's been three Christmases.
0: Yeah, more. I was gonna say more like you know you get you get the present under the tree and dad says I'm not gonna be here in two months because I'm gonna get fired. Yeah, it's tough. It, you know what? Whatever. You you put this in the rundown. You want to talk about guys taking shot at, uh, shots at shots at our Kenny.
1: Yeah, this is flowing perfectly, actually, because break that
0: down for me. We I do have this. to
1: break down some just like drama yeah. in the Sunbelt, but all, mostly just a uh, Texas state. It's sports drama. It, it starts with uh, Spav, right? He had this SIR uh, Sports Illustrated article that came out to uh, so the Cal team covering, you know, Spav and what he's trying to do. He brought in a couple quarterbacks and stuff like that. The first thing that he says is that uh, basically kind of covid and the NIL stuff and the transfer portal, a lot of uncharted waters for a first year head coach. Okay. Understandable, whatever, you know, then he comes directly for the Bobcats and kind of the athletics administration as a whole, uh, you know, because in the past he had been quoted as saying that, um, yeah, like the infrastructure of Texas state wasn't sustainable for a football team. Like he was having to go to San Marco's high to, you know, get, get some practices in and stuff like that. Um, so he's talking about the quarterback specifically that he recruited over here. And he says that he brings an electric style of play. That's going to be fun to see uh, that he, what, what he can bring into the spring. And he's a player that Spav at all couldn't have landed at Texas state question mark. That's what the author says. Spav says not even close. So it's kind of uh right there.
0: I don't know. Is it though? Cause the thing it, it is-, is.
1: And it is not, I mean to say that you can't necessarily land people like, it's, it's like us going against UT almost like it's different ball leagues, you know, it's like, well, duh, you know, it makes sense that you would get more guys over there. But we just landed a four star who is ranked better than the guy that Spav has.
0: Which I saw that and I would like to remind fans that we talked about this last week, that stars do not necessarily matter in a lot of ways. Um, if you want to play that game where it's like, oh, our quarterback is better than your quarterback that you recruited, then I'm all for that. But you mentioned like 90% of what he said wasn't wrong. You know, the infrastructure is still really not there comparatively to other teams in the Sunbelt, comparatively to other teams in the area. You are literally
1: going under an end zone complex like, campaign. Like, please yeah. help us get this done.
0: Yeah, so it's, you know, I I saw some of this drama and I, I, I get it. You know, you don't want your coach to talk bad about it. You saw Withers for two years kind of just take pot shots at Texas State. I think that's the world that we live in now.
1: More like popcorn Um, shots.
0: Yeah, popcorn shots, I should say. Good call. I I think that's kind of the world we live in now, where, like, coaches will kind of do this. Um, What does that say about Tice, that he continues to hire? Like, this is two coaches. No, seriously. Like, I mean, you know, I hate to kick a dead horse, but, like, that's two coaches that, you know, left your athletic building and took shots on their way out. Like, that kind of tells me that you did not hire mature adults, right? Well, it's like, kind of like
1: as as messy as any athletic department, you know? Um, sure. I'll say that. Thank God Texas State's been able to stay out of some of the bigger headlines, like the University of Texas at Austin. I don't even have to say anything. I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, but <laughs> um, but it, it, like stuff like that happens, and especially with Twitter, you know, he, uh, GJ is really good at Twitter. So I, I don't think he has a bad bone in his body, though, and he would do anything like that. Um, uh, but withers is good at twitter still good at twitter also yeah. bringing it back to, to to the withers right that's the next thing so we talked about spam that's whatever um i always liked party in the end zone as a hashtag and that's kind of where this started <laughs> so it starts with uh one of the texas State guys shout out uh for listening to the podcast and shout out for listening to kev's podcast and keeping this whole community sustained um but he was talking about the party in the end zone hashtag compared to um uh, Take back Texas. Yeah. Florida Atlantic, right? Where, where, where Withers is. Oh, okay. And so I, I think it's like something in paradise or party in paradise. Party. In... No, it's, let me, let me pull it up just so I don't get it wrong. It is, I don't know, winning in paradise. Yeah. So you're close. And so a quote tweeted it and goes right up there with party in the end zone. LOL. And then Withers, Quoted that and said, Yeah, and win now or agent bent, which was kind of odd because that's definitely not what it was. And also, kind of a shot at Kev. Kev, as everybody knows, is a great guy, uh, does a lot of great stuff. Texas State's lucky to have him consistently reporting on the Bobcats, you know, because you had us that came in and then we did and then <laughs> went about our professional careers. And now we're back. But Kev's been the constant light for this, you know, rain or shine, Kev is there. Um, and so, Kev. <laughs> basically ratioed him <laughs> because how much people were like what the heck what's this about and there was a bunch of cool edits and stuff with kef as a secret agent and <laughs> kef's going by agent bent now <laughs> that's kind of funny but it's just odd that was a weird thing kef later tweeted that uh Everett withers later apologized to him was like hey i'm sorry i didn't i think i got mixed up or something like that but an odd week <laughs> for texas state twitter i think no
0: kidding uh you know i'm glad that i try to stay above that i'm glad that you know that hasn't hasn't affected me yet we'll see if it if i become a a casualty to texas state twitter
1: and then last week uh you know, everybody was talking about malik hornsby and i oh, yeah. we cracked the case squaring pod i got a tip from uh one of our guys one of our listeners shout out rep the state and he was saying hey uh, there's rumors and stuff saying that malik is in nebraska can you confirm I guess he had posted some pics on on Instagram and his Nebraska stuff or whatever. He signed to Texas State. This is good. It's done deal, <laughs> you know. So whatever. I, I also knew he was at Texas State before because my buddy Tommy Vasquez had posted a picture with Malik and GJ. He said the entire team in downtown Austin hanging out. So that was cool. And Tommy posted a picture. So I, I knew the, that I was.
0: Tell him. Tell him how you how you know you figured this out.
1: Yeah. You so the guy DMs me together dm's me about i guess like nine or ten i I was asleep though because i worked the morning show so i I woke up i see it at one and i'm like oh thank god because the office that i need to email this the registrar's office in nebraska closes at four so i shoot them a quick email they get right back to me like five minutes later they're like hey somebody's working on this for you no worries all you need to do this is the guy's name and the date of birth easy peasy and so they were like hey he's not enrolled see you bingo (laughs)
0: Uh, that's the thing about journalism man is that it doesn't take a whole lot not a whole lot of legwork here it's just do a get b c is your result. so you go. congratulations to uh to super sleuth
1: Square- uh, first uh the case. investigative report again <laughs> Uh, Aside from those contracts that we got back, too. so Get back in the swing
0: of things. Good for you, man.
1: Yeah, it's fun to flex our muscles a little bit. Like that map that we built earlier, you know. Doing (laughs) the things that Texas State told us to do. So we're using it for the good of the podcast now. Mm -hmm.
0: Using it for the the good.
1: I want to talk about uh, men's basketball now. On kind of a three-game skid. Free falling. Yeah.
0: Free falling. Yeah, I'm free. I blame you for this. I blame you 100% for this. Because I went to the it. Jeff Foster game? Yeah. Well, no, not, no, that, that's not it. Um, It's the, it's like, I blame, talk about basketball. I blame those
1: players at Marshall who beat up Mason Harrell and he's not back. We yet. didn't
0: talk about basketball, you and I, and we mm-hmm. talk about Texas state sports every once in a while, but like, we didn't talk about Texas state basketball for like, I would say a good two years, maybe three, maybe a solid three years. It didn't come up in casual conversation. And the minute, The second that we were like, all right, well, this is a staple podcast. We got to talk about it. They start losing. Yeah, (laughs) they start losing. So let's start there. Right, three game losing streak. They face Georgia Southern tonight. Like as we're recording this, Um, twelve and nine, five and three. It's the first time in three years that they're facing them. I don't think we win.
1: That that all time record is very lopsided too I think Georgia Southern's up I don't know by how much my buddy McLean went to Georgia Southern he's the editor-in-chief of their newspaper over there and uh,
0: I hate them
1: he just whoops uh, on us yeah
0: I'm not a big fan of either of those like you know shout out to Georgia schools and I, I got duped by their football team both of them every year I think that they're <laughs> gonna be better I think they're gonna be better than they are and that just that rubs me in the wrong way but state was a four or five seed in 2019 won the conference. And then they did it again the next year. And they're going to do it again this year. Uh, both of those Georgia schools in basketball are like really good, like sneakily good. Like we're talking like they steal a game from a power five school every once in a while in the tournament. They might win. They might win a game in the tournament. And you're like, I don't like that. I'm not a big fan. I don't, it doesn't rub, rub me the wrong way. Now shout out, if this is a sub belt pod, I'd be like, whoa, Texas State. You know? We're in a good conference. The conference does really well. But as a Texas State fan, not a big fan. Yeah,
1: not, not, fan. It.
0: Not, <laughs> not a big a fan, fan of losing. Not a fan of losing. And I'm saying it now. I don't think we're going to win this game. I think we're going to lose a four in a row, Jacob. <laughs> I just – no in Harrell. You mentioned him yeah. getting beat up against Marshall. We find out for a rib injury. If it's a if it's a calf injury, if it's yeah,
1: a... I, I texted uh Philip and the this at Texas State, and he didn't have an update. So. Yeah, I don't. I've I, I I just heard rumors him. that it could be a rib or something. Uh, I dapped Mason up when I saw him at the at the Jeff Foster night game. So.
0: How tall are you, Jacob?
1: I'm five seven.
0: Let me ask you: Did you look up to him, or is you like eye level?
1: He was sitting down, thankfully, but uh... it did go through my head. Yeah, but he's definitely taller than me. He's he's got to be like five nine at least.
0: He's five nine. He's listed five nine. Now that's why I was asking because I figured you and him standing, you could actually give us like a is he five nine?
1: Yeah, I know for sure he's five nine. Okay. Yeah, Solid can ver- can verify as a guy who's can two inches right.
0: that's fine. Um, in his absence, in his absence, we've had a couple of uh, guys kind of stepping up. Jordan Mason had a career high nineteen. Um had double figures. I don't know, man. I just, this basketball team, you don't want to sell out like in January, but man, I just do not have good vibes right now. I just, I, maybe it's a three game losing streak. I just don't feel like confident in that. You want to, you
1: want to hear this quote from Terrence Johnson. Uh, this is the most damning quote I've ever heard him say, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, he said, uh, I'm sorry. I can't fucking read. Um, Basically, he said this team struggles with believing. That's not a good. That's not a good quote. Not not a good quote. Isn't
0: that like a Ted Lasso quote. Yeah, doesn't that feel like a Ted Lasso like kind of thing? Like a real like positivity. You know, you throw that up there. I don't know, man. It's just I don't know. There's a lot. It's, it's just lot like
1: they they lack experience. Like the team's young. They're good. Obviously, Jordan Mason's going to be a great player next year or obviously year after. Yeah, obviously. Sure, good obviously ball-table. on there. Obviously, man. I don't know. I was really – it was nice to be back at at Strand and see the team in person um, because they're very good. But they're playing behind the lead all the time. I can tell you the time possession right now. Time with the lead, Louisiana Lafayette, 30 minutes. Texas State, six.
0: I like this. They slipped this in here in in the notes for tonight's game. Seventh time, talking about that Louisiana loss, seventh time Sun Belt Conference action, the Bobcats have held the opponent under 62 points. So it's not defense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you do that, it's not defense that's the problem here. What's the problem? Putting the they ball just in the continue hole. Continue
1: to not score. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mason Harrell, he is 13 points away from uh, KGT's in seventh spot. He, does that excite you? Does that make yeah. you happy? He's he's going to be, well, he's a top 10 scorer already. It, when he came in, if he came when he came in, I kind of was like, is he gonna be a top player? Right? Like, I thought he would be the sidekick to to Nigel potentially winning the Sunbelt at some point, And that did not come to fruition. So him being a top ten scorer, I, I think it's a, a successful career. Oh yeah. I, would, great. However, like, I would however like to put Sunbelt champions, like tournament champions, up on the on the deal. He, you know, regular not, season. Not too.
1: regular season. You want to win the tourney.
0: I would like to win the tourney. I would like to get that bid. I would like to get that bid to the NCAA tournament once with Mason. Yeah. I mean, you
1: mentioned that 1997 team still the last in program history to do it. So since we've, been like al- that, since we've been alive.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like you, you do the math in your head and you're like 97, I don't know 20, like what? It's 26 years ago now?
1: 20. Yeah. 25, 25 or 24, 25, depending on whenever they did it was March 97. So,
0: well, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be 26 years in a couple months, in two months.
1: That's a long time,
0: man. That's a long time, especially when you look at the rest of the teams in the conference. Like, I don't... Like I said, if this was a Sunbelt pod, man, Sunbelt, every year, putting good teams in. But as a Texas State fan, man, like, I look up at that and I'm like, there should be... thing of the times we've won the regular season, how many times have you gone to the tournament thinking, we have a real good shot of winning the conference tournament? Like, not like a, oh, you know, there's four or five teams that could win it. But, like, you think we should win it. Like I can think like three or four times where we went in the tournament thinking we should win this Mm -hmm. and to not, and to it be 26, potentially 26 years and we don't get it done this year. It's a long time. That's a quarter of a century.
1: Big drop. Those guys are old now. I can verify that too.
0: (laughs) It's just, look, and you know, Texas state fans, there's so much to be happy about. You know, we can, we can play that game. Like look at all the success, look at the regular season and stuff like that. And I'm cool. I'm, I'm all for that. I just want better. I want that NCAA tournament, like, bid. And I think 2020 got robbed from us. I think that we would win it in 2020. I made the T-shirt. Print the T-shirts. Sunbelt champions, 2020. But, like, you know, would have been nice. Would have been cool.
1: Yeah, that 2020 team was so good. It is so sad that it happened the way it happened. And COVID basically ruined our senior year. And their season. Um,
0: Mostly their season. But
1: But that's the reason Mason's still here. Got that COVID year. Yeah, I guess so. Because if we didn't have Mason, this would be a lot worse.
0: Yes, that is a thousand percent correct. Ten okay. and eleven, three and five in the Sun Belt. What do you think uh, the final one is? Uh, I don't know. Did they finish five hundred? Yeah, they in? finish.
1: They can finish five hundred. It's just whether they're it's whether or not they're going to be a first round out or they take it all. I don't know. But that this it's so weird. This team is so hot and cold. You know.
0: If they win tonight, and again, we're recording this before the play. If they win tonight, next week when we do this podcast, totally different vibe. Mm. But If they lose four in a row, Jacob, and they fall a three and six through 12 games, <sighs> I'm leaning first round out. That's just me.
1: If they If they can win games and sustain a winning pattern without Mason, I mean, I want Mason to come back, obviously, like everybody else. But if they can do that, that's very good. Yeah, of course. Um, but the women don't have that problem. So, and this is actually be a pretty good year. I think for them to try to take it all and to get coach Z, not only the all time wins record that she already has and is continuing to set with every win that she gets. Um, but I mean, she's going to do that for the rest of her career. So, you know, to get this team of seniors out, um, on a tournament win, maybe even a bid, that'd be great. I
0: think. Oh, 100%. 100%. But they're in Virginia. And we talked about this too. when she. Huh?
1: They're in Virginia tonight against play, uh, Old yeah. Dominion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, when, when she broke the record, we talked about, like, okay, look at the career as a whole in totality. Like, what do we think about this? What do we think about that? Right. Like, and she got to this point faster than I think anybody else has in Texas State women's basketball history. Um,
1: You said she was averaging like twelve games or twelve wins a game. Averaging like twelve wins
0: a year, yeah. So it's like that is really good. That's in that's really really good. So you would like you would like to see that end with a tournament win. I don't know if she's going anywhere. I hope that she's not. I hope that she coaches her whole career here because it would be really cool to see her do and and you know continue to get these recruits in. But you got to remember, Jacob, she's young, relatively compared to the other coaches in women's basketball. She's pretty young. So, if you are a Texas State fan, appreciate it because, you know, you never you never know when that's going to leave. You never know when the bigger pond will go. Now, can Texas State turn into that big pond? Yeah, but currently, you'd be lying to yourself to say that if a bigger job opportunity opened up for Coach Z, that she wouldn't take it. You know what I mean? So, I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping that she wins the Sun Belt, gets a tournament bid, plays in the NCAA Tournament. Um, but just know that those are one of those those are the things that like that happens and then you get a new coach pretty soon after that. That's just how Texas State rolls.
1: Yeah, no, if they I mean, you know, if they don't go out in the first round, uh the NCAA tournament, right? Assuming they win the conference tournament, get an at large bid. I mean, there's gonna be calls off the chain for Coach Z for what she's done for Texas State and you know, what she's done the postseason. So mm-hmm. yeah looking forward to continued success for that team because it looks like they have, you know, what they need right now. And they just need to keep racking up wins, keep moving their way up into the standings and try to get that favorable seed position. Uh, because we saw that happened, uh, you know, our junior year when they were first round out, um, uh, you know, didn't come in hot, weren't favored by a lot. And, you know, it showed.
0: Yeah. So where would you put your, what would you put like right now in January, you're most excited for what sport?
1: Most excited for baseball, definitely. They already sold. They they're uh, setting a record right now for the most season tickets that they're selling so far, and they already filled like all the seats for their leadoff dinner. That's like their big kind of fundraising stuff that they do at the beginning of the year. Um, they have guest speakers and stuff like that. I'm sure you've been seeing it. if you follow the Bobcat Club on Twitter, they've been posting a bunch of stuff about it. Um, but yeah, definitely excited for baseball um, team. I think right now that could win. Definitely women's basketball. Not that I don't like this men's team, but it's just like, you know, uh, the wins aren't happening. So they only have five more home games, too, uh, before they go to Pensacola for that tourney. So
0: awful place to have the tournament, too. Just yeah, bring it back to Nola. Just, ad- well, just awful. Of all the places, Pensacola, man, like you look at the rest of the teams, we don't even have a team in Florida. Like there's not a Sunbelt team that plays basketball in Florida. So why is it in Pensacola? You know, like. That's a question. Biggest question. Atlanta, New Orleans. Those would be the two prime spots. And if we're going to go anywhere, do it there. Do it in New New Orleans, man. Like, you know, whatever. You know, that's uh, whatever. Terrible.
1: Quick shout outs for the week. Uh, Cedrica Wynn. She's won the Sunbelt Athlete of the Week. This is after her dominating performance in Lubbock. So she now has like four of the top five fastest in the – fastest times in the 60 meter hurdles. She's amazing. She does everything. And uh softball, talking about Spring Sports, uh Mullins. They listed uh Jessica Mullins as the 2023 collegiate player of the year award list. So, she's a beast. Definitely watch out for her in the spring.
0: Sunbelt always or Tech State always has the best pitcher. You yeah. can count on that. Sun rising in the east, setting in the west, Tech State having a great softball pitcher.
1: Episode 9. Peace. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter.
0: Eat them up. Eat them up.